It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News Podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats. We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people. We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. In a speech early afternoon, Tuesday, February 22nd, President Joe Biden levied new sanctions against Russia after a fiery speech from President Vladimir Putin on Monday, where he recognized the independence of two breakaway states in eastern Ukraine and reports of Russian military crossing into those areas of Donetsk and Luhansk. The United States and allies are on full alert as Russian aggression threatens to tear down the post Cold War order, Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby says that every indication shows that Putin is laying the groundwork for a full-scale Russian invasion that could create as many as 5 million refugees from Ukraine. For this and more, we bring in our panel. We're joined by Fox News Washington correspondent Mark Meredith, chief political correspondent the Washington Examiner Byron York, and we hope to be joined by Fox News foreign correspondent Trey Yanks in just a bit. Uh, gentlemen, I want to talk about what the president said. Uh, Byron, the speech, you know, it seems like a tiered approach to sanctions. Uh, and some of them are starting to get stiff, including sanctions on sovereign debt and the inability to trade in U.S. or European markets, uh, specific sanctions against companies and defense operation. Um, what about what the president said? Well, we knew he was going to do this, and I think we knew he was going to start in a graduated uh, sort of way. Uh, there was kind of a hiccup, though, uh, on Monday. Uh, you know, the president had said so many times that the Soviet, uh, excuse me, the Russians would face severe consequences if they invaded uh, Ukraine. So on Monday, they start going in, uh, and members of the press say to the administration, okay, is this the invasion? Are you going to do the sanctions now? And the White House began to parse the word invasion. Uh, and as of Monday evening, they were kind of acting that it really wasn't an invasion. And then come Tuesday morning, they said, yep, it was an invasion, absolutely. Uh, so Bi- uh, Biden has, has sanctioned these two banks uh, in particular and Russia's sovereign debt. So it's going to make things harder for them. But I don't think anybody has any illusions that it is going to stop or slow Putin in any way. Mark, a lot of people forget the impact that Russia has on the world oil market. Russia produces more than 10 million barrels of crude oil a day, getting right now about $1 billion a day. Uh, so sanctions, it seems, according to some folks, are, are pretty baked in the cake especially this early tranche of them. 
Absolutely. Well, like the White House kind of said, this was going to be their first chess move, or at least their latest chess move, and that more would be coming. So certainly an indication that they realize that this is just going to keep going on for some time. But you bring up such a good point when you talk about the oil markets, because that's what's really going to stand out to Americans, because everybody has to go to a gas tank. Everybody uh, knows people that have to get to work, that have to get on a bus. And if we see these prices go up dramatically, I mean, imagine the political blowback that the White House is going to face instantly, because the question is going to be, what are we going to do? How long is this going to last? And the president even hinted at it in his speech saying, look, we know that this is going to be an issue, but we believe we have some tools at our disposal that will be able to uh, you know, keep costs from skyrocketing out of control. We saw the vice president issue a similar warning when she was in Germany over the weekend saying, Americans will have to realize that there will be some costs incurred to all of this, but we believe that we can keep things from getting out of control. But as you know, Brett, it won't take long, especially in election year, for uh, critics to pounce on this and say, look at where gas is going. Yes, of course, there's uh, international turmoil that goes well beyond the United States. But no matter who's in office, that person definitely gets the blame. Well, that's true. And, you know, the line he used uh, was that defending freedom will have costs for us as well. Here at home, we need to be honest about that, President Biden said. But is he, he says the administration is doing everything they can to keep costs down. Republicans on Capitol Hill say, well, that's not true because there are uh, obviously energy opportunities uh, that Democrats have decided not to move forward with. Um, the Keystone Pipeline, other producing um, efforts and, and leases uh, to kind of counter some of this. And that's that's what they say in the big picture. Because bottom line is we still get, you know, seven to ten percent of our oil from Russia. And not sure that we could fill that hole if he suddenly cut back his production. It wouldn't affect his pricing because the prices would go up, but it would it would affect our demand, uh, our supply rather, and uh, and thereby rise prices here. Absolutely right. And if, if this goes along those lines, uh, it's going to be a huge Republican uh, attack on Democrats and on uh, President Biden because uh, they will say, and this is actually true, the United States is more energy dependent, less energy independent uh, today than it was under Donald Trump, in part because of those means that the, those actions that you mentioned. Um, and, the, you know, before this Ukraine crisis got quite to this point, I mean, the Biden administration was actually asking world oil producers just to produce more, to, to sell more to us because we were less energy independent than we were before. And I, I think if, if we do get to a place uh, where Russia is squeezing us, as, as far as the, in, in the rest of the Western world, I, I think this is going to be an enormous political issue facing the president and his party. I mean, just today, Mark, uh, the Washington Post had a story about a court ruling on the cost of carbon and uh, Biden's climate plans. And it says the Interior Department has paused oil and gas lease sales on public lands after a federal judge barred the government from considering climate damages in major decisions. In other words, the, the Biden policy is continuing uh, despite what we're facing potentially in an oil situation. I don't want to belabor that point, but, but Russia is such a big part of that market 
that uh, it has to factor in. I'm trying to game it out, too, if I were the White House, and I would imagine that they would even try to spin this again as to why they believe their Build Back Better proposal would be a, even necessary because it would transform the country uh, when it comes to clean green energy and getting away from fossil fuels. I would imagine that's how they would try to pivot, say, hey, look, we think we can do this. But of course, it's already a tough sell within their own party. And I can't imagine an election year you're going to be able to really move that needle any further than it's already been. Uh, I also would think uh, just for, for the White House, politically speaking, Brett, the president, when he was campaigning in 2019, 2020, said, look, I'm going to be the guy to take on Russia. They know I'm serious. I've got this foreign policy experience. They're not going to try to get away with some of the craziness that we've seen in years past. But look at where we are. And there are video clips that have gone viral from back in the campaign days just today uh, where the president was very clear about this, saying that this will not happen if I'm elected. And look at where we are. Look at where the Dow down 400. It was at 700 earlier in the day. Uh, I mean, Brett, these kind of attack ads that we've already heard the Republicans saying, imagine what they'll actually look like uh, by the time we get to November. We'll hear from our panel after this. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. Byron, one positive uh, for the administration is that so far, NATO countries are, in fact, singing from the same sheet of music. And it's significant that Germany said the Nord Stream 2 pipeline uh, will not move forward currently, will not get approval uh, to, to open up, essentially. They didn't say they're going to tear it down, but they said they're not moving forward with it. And, and there was some doubt whether Germany was going to go down that road, uh, even though President Biden said that they were. They did say it, and that's a, a win for the administration. What's less clear is how any energy sanctions are going to be approved by some of these countries that get 50, 60, 65% of their energy from Russia. Yeah. You're, you're, first of all, you're right and, and points to the administration for keeping this uh, coalition together because it really did look like Germany was just kind of not on board for a while there. Uh, I, you know, I think a lot of people outside of Germany can't really figure out what they've done. They've gotten rid of their entire nuclear power uh, industry um, and they're going green, but they end up having to uh, purchase huge amounts of fossil fuels just to, to heat themselves. Uh, and, and now they're getting in this situation, uh, not just Donald Trump, but, but Joe Biden as well have said, you know, you really shouldn't be so dependent on Russia for national, natural gas through this uh, uh, pipeline. Uh, so it's 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 impressive that, that Biden has gotten everybody together. But the tone of your questions, I think, is absolutely correct, is we could be heading for a real crunch uh, where people are cold and they can't drive their cars. And that's a real serious issue. Mark, is there a sense at the White House that even though he, he continues to say the president and other officials at the Pentagon and uh, in the intel community that that they think Putin is laying the groundwork for a broader invasion. Is there more of a consensus over there that that is going to happen or that he's going to park it in the Donbass region and and kind of make it Crimea, you know, 2022 as opposed to uh, Crimea 2014? 
I think that was more the sense last week. I think uh, really ever since Friday, uh, you know, the previous Friday when the president said that, I mean, that this was about as dire as it could be, that it was a, mo- a matter of hours. I, I really think that's when the tone changed from the White House and that you get the sense just from the com- the comments that the president made that, you know, he doesn't believe <laughs> that this is going to be the end. And you, you you hear that from the White House, that that's why they're doing this in phases. That's why they have to do the sanctions uh, spread out, because they re- they almost realize that this is not going to be a one and done. Um, and in terms of what President Putin actually does from here, I think uh it is of course it's it's yet to be seen, but look at the moves that he's continued to make. They even said, you know, he's still got 150,000 troops surrounding Ukraine. I mean, those that's that's time, money, and energy that's just not being going to stay there forever. Uh, ben Sass, uh, Senator, he was on a number of the committees that oversee this this entire subject. Uh, today's sanctions are too little, too late. Uh, First, these sanctions should have happened before Putin further invaded Ukraine, not after. Second, economic sanctions now need to more aggressively target Putin's oligarchs to make sure they feel real pain. Third, we shouldn't fool ourselves into thinking that today's incremental sanctions will deter Putin from trying to install a puppet government in Kyiv. We need to get the Ukrainians more weapons. We should be doing gun runs around the clock to arm the Ukrainian people to the teeth. Our goal should be pretty simple. Healthy Ukrainian resistance, hold on for as long as possible. Make Putin regret his flagrant disregard for the rule of law. I think that's the consensus up on Capitol Hill, at least on the Republican side. You're starting to hear people like Bob Menendez, uh, Democrat, uh, chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee, Byron, kind of in, intimate those kind of words. Um but there is a sensitivity on the administration's part, and clearly they want to make sure that U.S. troops are not anywhere near what, what is transparency, uh, happening fighting-wise between Ukraine and Russia when it does happen. Yes. Uh, first of all, President Biden says the sanctions will start to target uh, oligarchs and people around uh, Putin. So hasn't happened yet, says that it will happened. But Senator Sass was one of a bipartisan group of people uh, who believed that the U.S. should should have imposed the sanctions preemptively before um, uh, Putin acted to try to prevent him from acting. But, you know, there's 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 a sense, I think, uh, of a lot of people that that whatever the whatever the sanctions are, they're not going to work. Uh, Secretary of State Blinken said something really striking, I thought, on the Sunday shows, when he said he was, w- w- the United States is trying to prevent a war and, quote, as soon as you trigger the sanctions, any deterrent effect that they may have is gone. They get absorbed by President Putin, and he moves on, end quote. I, I think that's a dis- uh, the description of the whole sanction plan. And uh, you mentioned earlier about some of this being kind of baked into things. Putin has thought of this stuff. He's thought through this stuff. He's already hit, taken some hits, and he's going to keep going. That seems to be the uh, the bottom line. Yeah, and as far as U.S. appetite for getting engaged, uh, while a number of people think it's important in the world order, uh, U.S. troops, and he announced today, shoring up NATO countries, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, you know, puts us on the edge of what could potentially, Mark, could be a full-scale war. 
Absolutely. I mean, that's when we talk about the worst case scenario of just uh, how bloody and how just awful things could get in Eastern Europe, uh, depending if this path that we're on continues on. But we know that the White House is going to be briefing congressional leadership uh, the same day that the president gave his remarks. So an indication they realize that they're going to have to keep Congress in lockstep, make sure they understand why they're taking this path. But you brought up a good point, Fred, is look who we're hearing from already saying, why didn't you do this before? Why didn't that happen uh, earlier? Well, the White House, uh, to Byron's point, made it very clear. They said, well, if we do this, then there's going to be no deterrence for him to stop. Well, now we've done it. And if he keeps going, it's kind of a little bit of egg in the face of the administration. Also, they're going to be asked, well, clearly, was this the best approach? But to the original point, by acting with EU allies, it's not like the president has to shoulder the entire blame on his own. But as we go back to what we've said, that the the real pressure, the real pain at the gas pump, if there are more supply shortages, if there's going to be uh, trouble in the financial markets, that's where I think that the administration will find its biggest headache closer to home. And just to be clear on the U.S. deployments that he announced today, an infantry battalion task force, 800 personnel from Italy to the Baltic region, movement of eight F-35 strike fighters from Germany to several operating locations along NATO's eastern flank, a battalion of attack aviation, 20 AH-64 helicopters from Germany to the Baltic region, and an attack aviation task force, 12 AH-64 helicopters moving from Greece to Poland. Shoring up NATO forces, and final word here, Byron, obviously any attack on a NATO ally under Article 5 of the NATO Charter is an attack on each nation. So they come to the, the uh, they essentially initiate the NATO Atlantic Alliance. It's only happened once in, since the start of NATO, and that was 9-11. Uh, and should Putin, for some reason, get hungry to go after other countries, uh, that's where it gets really sticky. Yes, and so much of the uh, argument about Ukraine going in uh, was that Ukraine is not in NATO. Uh, I think it was in 2008. Then President George Bush expressed the aspiration that uh, Ukraine uh, do should join NATO at some point in the future. Uh, they haven't, and that's a big issue. Putin wanted a kind of a promise that they never, ever, ever would. Um, but you're you're absolutely right. If if somehow this thing is not contained in a non-NATO area, and it gets to uh, a NATO area covered by Article 5, then uh, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, uh, Joe Biden really did campaign on strengthening NATO, on strengthening U.S. alliances. He criticized Donald Trump a lot, who really harangued NATO into paying more for its own defense. But uh, NATO is kind of a, a big Biden thing. And so if, if it somehow comes into play, that would be really ominous. Yeah. Well, let's hope it doesn't. Uh, that'll do it for us this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and review. We want to hear from you, from Mark and Byron. We're hoping to hear from Trey, but he's busy out there on the front lines. I'm Brett Baer. Thanks for listening.
This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.